Welcome to the Heavenly Health Podcast, a lifestyle medicine show that combines integrative nutrition with sustainability and yogic wisdom to help the collective on the humanitarian path towards co-creating heaven on earth from the inside out. Join me, your host, Avon Heavenly, certified health coach and yoga teacher to help support you on your health and wellness journey. We will focus on unlearning the conditioning of the old paradigms of the health industry while creating new, inclusive, ethical, and evidence-based discussions on all the pillars of health, including physical, mental, social, environment, financial, and spiritual. Because health is so much more than a number on a scale or the food on your plate, and we all have the divine right to experience well-being. So let this be a space for you to create your own version of heavenly health. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I will be interviewing Nourished with Becca. I found her on social media, fell in love with her educational, just amazing content about the gut hormone connection, and we can learn so much from her in today's episode. So take a listen. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. so excited. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what your education is and we can go from there. Yeah, totally. So I'm a personal trainer and health coach. I've been doing this for a little over five years now. I kind of used myself as like the guinea pig and background to like all the work I do. So everything that I do with my clients in terms of like hormones and um, supporting their metabolism and restoring their gut health like has come from a place that I've done myself. Um, And yeah, this has just been something that like I've kind of gotten into seeing how big of a need it is. I think especially with, you know, social media now, um, it's so easy to like post something and then you don't know who's relating to it. So I've kind of found that there's so many women that struggle with these things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just social media has brought like that huge awareness to how many people also experience like hormonal imbalances and gut issues and are really struggling at such a young age it's happening younger and younger so yeah it's so interesting how even after the pandemic a lot has been changing Mm -hmm. in the women's health space yeah we're gaining more access to knowledge and people like you are sharing more and it really is truly changing lives it's this ripple effect that i'm seeing like through media and the world and in my personal practice here as a health coach Mm -hmm. i've just been looking through the internet trying to find really awesome health coaches with great content to share and i have a ton of clients that come to me daily to talk about the same pain points that i've seen rebecca talk about on her tiktok and her instagram so that's what we'll be addressing today is commonalities between health coaches and what we're hearing so often with women in this space so I'll just start off like the first question, Mm -hmm. the missing piece. So when it comes to gut health and hormone balance that we see in all women that we work with, what do you think is the missing piece that comes up for you? You know, it kind of comes back to, you know, diet culture and like what is portrayed as like healthy, right? People think that like eating less, exercising more is is the answer to health. And ultimately, long-term, that does lead to things like hormonal imbalances and gut issues because, again, there's, no, there's, there's not as much context around what that really means. And so what I see, the problem with women is they, they under-eat. Um, they under-eat specifically protein, and they're trying to do low carbs. Um, 
And this ends up being a problem, especially long term. And they usually start doing this because they either want to lose weight or they want to look a certain way or they're taught that this is health. And the problem is, is that without eating enough and having enough nutrients, then it's going to lead to essentially what feels like full body breakdown. Mm -hmm. And that's where these things start to come up, um, where your hormones are struggling, your gut is struggling. um, Because let's say, for example, you're only eating 1,200 calories. Well, that's not enough for a grown woman. So what your body's going to do is it needs more energy than 1,200 calories. So it's going to start to slow down all of your systems and then start to create its own energy. And it does that by suppressing your metabolism, suppressing digestion and hormone production because those things are nice but not essential. So it's going to prioritize the things that it needs to do to keep you alive, like powering your vital organs, pumping blood through your body, like those essential systems and it's going to slow everything else down it's in that like fight or flight response yes survival survival mode yeah and so i see a lot of women end up in this space because again they're not eating enough food and that just kind of ripples down the rabbit hole essentially it affects all areas of their life totally it becomes this holistic mindset as well that um Gosh, <laughs> I feel like we're all unlearning right now, mm-hmm. especially in the last two years. Uh, the pandemic really did something with bringing more information and more stillness to be able to really look within and have this self-awareness that seems just different from the last 10 years. Because I've been in the wellness space a long time, and I was one of those people who was in that, you know, diet culture, restricted eating like mm-hmm. space. And I didn't even realize it was as toxic as it is and as unhealthy as it is. And I've been basically unraveling a lot of learned behavior throughout being a health coach myself, you know? And so there even is a lot of people in the actual wellness space who have been taught certain things by certain fads and trends and just lots of, you know, content out there. But everything these days seems to be rooted in more evidence-based practice, more um, clinical research, and just more learned experience and people with testimony and a lot of backing compared to before when we first started seeing health and wellness on social media and people were just talking about the juice craze and eating less and all the fad diets fasting there's so much we can definitely talk about there maybe future episodes about diet culture and reverse dieting but Mm -hmm. i think that's something that comes up a lot with my clients is this concept of reverse dieting so how like that's pretty common with you as well right yeah that's Like the, yeah, quote unquote, reverse diet is usually what I start with my Mm -hmm. clients doing. Um, I start with very slowly starting to, again, get their metabolism back up to functioning optimally um, and getting their body to actually absorb and um, process nutrients again and be able to use that energy to power these different systems. Because again, your, your body doesn't run on thin air. Most people like you know, the keto people and the fasting people think it does. Um, But your body needs energy and and it needs nutrients. And Mm -hmm. that is what fuels these different systems, like your gut and your hormone production. And like being able to, again, I don't like to talk about weight loss Mm -hmm. very much, but being able to hold a healthy weight, that that takes being able to use energy efficiently. Mm. So when, again, these systems are struggling, it, it comes from an inability for your body to actually take the food that you're giving it 
and turn it into energy. And if those systems are super slow and have started to slow down over the years, then what's going to happen is, again, it's going to suppress your metabolism, which is going to suppress your thyroid and then your gut function. Digestion is going to slow down. And then again, hormone production is going to slow down at the same time because they're all connected and they all need energies, the common denominator. They don't run on thin air. It's crazy because it comes up a lot with uh, discovery calls. A lot of people are still in this fasting mentality mm-hmm. and uh, breaking the fast. I don't want to get out of ketosis and things like that. And do, what do you have to say about this whole fasting culture for a woman's body compared to a man's body? Yeah. So with fasting, all of the research that is done on fasting is done on men. None of it is done on women in their cycling years. Most studies are not done on women in their cycling years because it is really hard to do that because women are always in a different phase in their cycle. And so getting specific women on to do a study that are all on the same day in their cycle would be so hard. So that's why there's not very much research on that. And for women, going long periods of time without eating is going to increase a stress response because again, your body doesn't know the difference between you in a true survival state and you just wanting to lose some weight or do a cleanse or whatnot or go on earth intermittent fast. And so what it's going to do is at first it might feel really good, right? You might get this like mental clarity. You might get this energy boost. And what's really happening is your body is starting to increase stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, Mm -hmm. which initially feel really good. Right. Getting that boost. If you've ever like, you know, something really exciting to you has ever happened, that like boost of like adrenaline comes in or you get off a roller coaster and you're like, oh, my gosh, like that was crazy. Yeah. But living in that state long term has repercussions. So what happens is it's really taxing on your adrenals and your thyroid. And so those are the first systems that are going to start to slow down. And again, it starts to suppress your metabolism. Then digestion starts to slow down because it's not a long-term energy system. It's a backup source. Mm. So again, it's really stressful. And so back to fasting, going long periods of time without eating is going to increase that stress hormone response and over time suppress metabolism, suppress digestion. And people who fast usually also experience digestion issues. They're always bloated. They can't have regular bowel movements um they don't want to go out to eat because like they're scared the food they eat is going to hurt their stomach they have low energy um their hair is falling out because they're not of all the stress that's going on the internal stress and it's just it ends up being this like domino effect of issues yeah and then they want to go to their doctor and then it's hard to trust our doctor these days because sometimes the lab work doesn't even show the root of what's really going on there. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's like it's it's like doctors are great. They're like if I was to get in a car accident, you better bet I would go Definitely. see a doctor. Yeah. But doctors do not get the education behind nutrition that they probably should. And they're they're there for like again emergencies and essential mm-hmm. chronic diseases and whatnot and um the ranges that they look at in terms of blood work are just so broad that even if like your 
quote unquote normal labs come back normal, it could mean it, that doesn't mean that it's actually normal. They're yeah. the, the ranges that, that they're looking in are just so broad. Exactly. I actually did blood work with my primary care physician through Kaiser. She's like, everything looks good. All good. No worries. See you next year. Mm-hmm. And then I did the same thing with a functional medicine and naturopathic doctor. And she was telling me all these different things about my hormones, different things I needed to do. It's interesting when these lab results came back from two different physicians. I get two different completely, you know, totally feedback and responses. So, yeah, there always is a lot deeper that you can go in the health like just the whole journey of working with a practitioner and definitely more than meets the eye in terms of interpreting lab results in specific ways. A lot of times it's frustrating when you go see your doctor and they're like, you're fine. Just a lot of times I'll, I'll have women say, my doctor just told me to try and lose some weight. Yeah. And Very it's general. like, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Like I've clearly been trying to do that. It's not working. I can't lose weight. And I can because, like, my metabolism is messed up. My hormones are messed up, but no one's talking to me about those topics. Right. So <laughs> it's just, like, yeah, it's super frustrating. I totally get it. I've I've been there. Yeah. So speaking of that, why don't you tell us, how did you get to this point in your journey mm-hmm. with wellness? I was a gymnast growing up, so I was an athlete. I was always very, like, into health and fitness. Um, but I also really struggled with super painful periods at a really young age. It was like debilitating. I would be in the nurse's office at school every single time. I would faint sometimes. It was bad. And I, the only option I knew at that point, all my friends were on birth control and they were fine. And I was like, you know, like I want to be on birth control because right. when you're young, you don't see or no one tells you. I don't even know if anyone told me the repercussions that I would care as much Nobody because told any of us. I just wanted the pain to go away. It was crazy. Yeah. Right. In the same boat. Yeah. Sure. So um, at first my mom was like, no, you're not going on birth control. And then I finally, when I was about to go to college, was like, yes, I am because I can't be in college and mm-hmm. have this take me out every month. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I was on it for four years. And then honestly, like, it was fine. My periods were normal at that, quote unquote, normal at that point. And then when I decided to come off of it after college, I just was kind of like, I want to take a more holistic approach. And so I just started to start, decide to come off it. No preparation at all. Mm-hmm. Was just like, all right, let's come off. <laughs> and th- at this point, I'd always struggled with gut issues and like, not able to have regular bowel movements. My stomach always hurt. And then this just kind of exacerbated when I came off the pill. Um, My gut issues came back like crazy. Um, I didn't get my period back for like three years. Um, I struggled with like a lot of like anxiety, depression, and just did not feel like I was myself. My hair was falling out. I was starting to gain weight and I was eating super quote unquote healthy. I was I would work out like six days a week mm-hmm. and I was just confused. I was like, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to, you know, regular doctors. They do my labs. They'd say, you're fine. You just are an athlete. So you probably have really low body fat. So you're not getting your period. And that's why. And they just kind of told me that was the reason. And then I would go to, I went to acupuncturists and naturopaths and they, all, they would work with me a little bit more on it, but they still didn't have a full answer as to what was really wrong. Um, and so I would try all these different diets, right? Because in the you know health and wellness space, 
Um, you hear so many awesome things about going paleo and then keto and then intermittent fasting. And so I tried all of these different diets and ultimately my health was just getting worse. It wasn't getting any better. And I was just thought that I was getting older. I was like, okay. And that's what actually one of the, one of the doctors I went to said that they were like, um, yeah, they basically told me that, you know, this is part of being a woman and you're getting a little older. So it makes sense that like some of these things are coming up. But I was just like, I was like maybe 23, 24 at this, at this point. And I was like, yeah, that just like doesn't fly with me. But, and so I didn't give up. I was like, there's gotta be answers. So I would just listen to podcast after podcast and I'd read books and go through research. And yeah, I came across this space um, that was basically called like, it's, it's called like the either pro-metabolic or bioenergetic space based off of the research of Dr. Ray Pete is one of one of the researchers. And it, it really emphasizes using energy and metabolism as, um, as a source of where all of these symptoms are coming from, that your metabolism is struggling on a deeper level for energy. And when your body isn't getting the nutrients and the energy it needs, it does start to cut corners and it starts to prioritize keeping you alive and the things that it doesn't have the energy and nutrients for go to the back burner. So again, digestion, it's nice, we want it, but is it essential? No. Mm -hmm. Good hormones, regular periods monthly, are they nice? Do they make you feel good? Yeah, but is it essential? No. Good fertility, is it essential? No. Your body's gonna prioritize, again, keeping you alive and then if it runs out of energy after that you're kind of out of luck at that point and so yeah I came across this space and everything it just kind of clicked um I would listen to these podcasts and read these research articles and it was just it was all me I was like this is this is exactly what I'm going through Mm kind of went down a rabbit hole (laughs) um worked with one of the practitioners in that space and um yeah, it was definitely a healing journey, but I, again, I knew that this was what I needed to actually fix the root cause of what was really going on. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I went, I went through all that and now I help women do the same thing. So Becca is a fantastic example of turning your pain into your purpose. She started getting self-educated, enrolled in programs that helped her gain access to more knowledge to help heal herself. And now she's sharing that journey with others. So that's what I love about health and wellness. You can use it for yourself and then use it to change the world, which is why I'm just so glad there's so many people have done health coach training programs like the one I did at Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And I just want to kind of scream it from the rooftop at this point, how amazing this program was and how much it transformed my life. And it continues to ripple effect and transform so many other people's lives. And we're just getting started. So if you're interested in doing a holistic health course like I did, definitely check out the IAN program. There's always a new cohort starting every six months, and you can always use my name to get a really great discount on tuition. So you can always hit me up at contact at heavenlyhealth.com, and I can help set you up with sample classes, courses, curriculum, syllabus, the whole nine yards, and any questions you may have. So just always feel free to reach out to me. Okay, let's get back to the episode. That is so fascinating. I love that you shared your story with us and kind of what brought you here today. So in your own opinion, why do you think so many women these days are struggling with their hormones? Yeah, so I think it 
kind of is a snowball effect. So I think that it starts with, again, diet culture kind of telling us that we need to eat less and exercise more. And that is the epitome of health. And then it also comes from a lot of, you know, the different diets that are thrown around that are also, you know, said to be healthy. So it goes past just like, okay, I want to look a certain way, but this is actually for my health. So I think that it's just a snowball of like so much information out there, so much information overload, and no one's really focusing on nutrition and hormones. There's a lot of like, okay, take these supplements, do this cleanse, remove these foods. And no one talks about what specifically to add in to actually support your body. It's it's all these different diets about, you know, cut out gluten, cut out dairy, cut out sugar, but no one's telling you, okay, you actually, you need to eat enough protein. Are you eating enough carbohydrates every day? Uh, Are you getting enough enough minerals? Mm -hmm. So the important factors that you need to actually add in are not being talked about as much. And I think that that's where people are really struggling and really going wrong. That's where I see, again, the part that people have not done. They've, They've already tried the diets. They've cut out gluten and sugar and even gone vegan. And, you know, maybe it'll work initially because you're removing a food group. And if that was irritating you, then you're probably going to feel a little bit better. But yeah, overall, I think it becomes this like snowball effect mm-hmm. of we just, I just wanted to be healthy. And then I started developing these issues. So I removed more foods that sort of worked, more symptoms came back, and it just kind of is a domino effect from there. Yeah, so it's really mindset and culture. Yeah, it seems like. I, think that, I think that it really comes from there, and that's where I feel like my issues kind of start, like started as well, mm-hmm. was just that like social construct of you have to look a certain way. Um, yeah, like remember the thigh gap? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just these, yeah, these like that the way you look on the outside Mm -hmm. determines your health and it just does not because i can tell you that when i looked the best on the outside um i would get so many compliments oh you look great like you have a like you have abs like Mm -hmm. i would get so many compliments that was when i was at my least healthy point in my life right and so (laughs) it's it's, like that yeah (laughs) same i know every picture i look at because i had abs for like eight or nine years and I loved them and it was like my favorite thing and I was always working on them but I know I have never felt healthy I always had the worst digestion when I had abs and yeah. I always was like anxious and depressed right. and my just hormones were all out of whack but as long as I had the abs everyone was like oh you're so skinny and oh you're so fit and toned and that was really like on a pedestal that's all people really cared about even though I literally was having bloody stools at a certain point in time and I do all this blood work and all of these different elimination things. And it just was like, it was this never ending journey of never getting there and always having to try something else to like repair damages that I was doing via this overtraining and this under eating, this obsession on image and the physical, you know? So yeah, I definitely have been in the culture and that's partly why we're doing this podcast is to just, you know, unlearn a lot of conditioning that's been going on. Oh, in this health space for so long. So thank you for kind of pinpointing that it's really like it starts in the mind. But there's also something to say about um, environment, just like the industrial revolution. Ever since we kind of gone more to processed foods and to 
this hustle culture and all these things going on with lifestyle have really impacted hormones and uh, the chemicals that are used in society, artificial colors, you know, like hormone disruptors, so many things with literally our home goods and our, our toiletries, all of that stuff, you know, cosmetics, those things can disrupt hormones just as much as under eating. So does that come up for you where people, you know, living like a toxic lifestyle, literally with chemicals in their environment? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Obviously, the lighter, the low you put on your body, the less stress you put on your body, the more, the better your body's going to function. Your body is only resilient to a certain point. Um, And obviously, things that are in beauty products, cleaning products um, these days that are more on the toxic scale, like are going to disrupt those. And your body's going to have a really hard time fighting those off if it's already struggling. Mm. So it's just going to add to that load. Um, And then, you know, also we live in this hustle culture of like women having to prove themselves and having to hustle and work hard and live on this man's 24 hour schedule. And we're not meant to work like that. Like women are women Women are on a 28-day cycle, and our hormones change throughout the month. And that determines how productive, how social, how just it, it determines so many different areas of our life based on where our hormones are at. We don't live on this 24-hour clock, and we don't operate like a man does. And so trying to push ourselves into this box can create a lot of upset, a lot of stress, And yeah, I see it all the time, especially with women who have these like high up roles trying to, you know, prove themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it it does end up causing a lot of of stress and a lot of upset, especially in hormones and digestion. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many women I've worked with who have corporate jobs and cannot go to the bathroom. Yep. (laughs) I was in corporate America. Oh my gosh, that's why I had to leave. Yeah. I felt like my body was shutting down. Same. I worked a, it was like a 7.30 to 6.30. It wasn't oh even a 9 to 5 anymore, you know? It's like a 12-hour yeah. <laughs> shift every single day of the week. Right. And yeah, it's it was just, you know, I could do it because I was young and mm-hmm. I had a little more like stress in the tank that I could deal with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ultimately it, it'll burn you out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So... We've pinpointed that it's um, culture, mindset, lifestyle, and um, just lack of education as well. I feel like there's not enough education even with physicians. You know, like you mentioned, they don't take the um, full nutrition courses and things in med school. And Mm -hmm. that's something I talked about in episode three, which was if all physicians had basically a whole knowledge of using food as medicine and teaching people properly and I'm not sure what type of education that would look like but whenever we meet with a doctor it would be so amazing if there was like a nutritional protocol totally paired with you know whatever diagnosis that is given to patients other than just drink more water sleep some more and try to lose some weight and some more veggies yeah here's all these meds yeah that's actually the first priority and then they say the other stuff like yeah secondary which is such a shame. Like if we did it in the opposite way, it's really focus on nutrition, balancing the blood sugar. We'd really, I feel like ripple effect and change the whole planet within one generation. If we all figured out how to nourish ourselves in a better way. Oh my gosh. Just getting people to balance their blood sugar. They feel so much better. Like it is 
it's like night and day. You could just work on balancing your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all people need. Yeah. Sometimes that's it. Literally, I think a happier society if we would all just balance our blood sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Which means like eat breakfast uh-huh. and then feed yourself every like three to four hours or so. Don't go eight hours without eating anything. If yeah. it's one o'clock and you're like, oh, I still haven't eaten anything today. Like I hear that all the time. And it used to be like, again, we, we kind of talked about this before where people say that as if it's like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I just, I haven't even eaten anything yet today. And it becomes this like, oh, I get, I like get this like gold star for like not eating. And what is that, what that is really doing is again, creating that internal stress response mm-hmm. and suppressing your metabolism. And that is going to wreak havoc on your hormones yeah. and your gut. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us what would that look like? What does hormone imbalance look like? Some symptoms that kind of come up. Yeah. So when people are struggling with their hormones, basically what it means is there's an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. So those are are the two main hormones that women produce throughout their cycle. So what happens is estrogen, most likely women suffer from estrogen dominant symptoms. Estrogen is a hormone that again is very building and when it becomes dominant, it kind of overtakes progesterone, which is its antagonist, its calming hormone. And so we end up with all of these symptoms where we're really high strung, we're really anxious, overwhelmed all the time. Um, again, digestion is affected and it, beca- it kind of creates this full body breakdown when estrogen is dominating. And we don't have enough progesterone to balance and calm the system out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I see is, again, a lot of that, like, feeling anxious all the time, overwhelmed, um, really exhausted. So a lot of women just don't even have energy to get out of bed, let alone, like, do their daily life. And a lot of women who have kids also are like, I don't have energy to play with my kids. I don't have energy to take them to the park. Like I am just really, they just, all they want to do is sit on the couch all day. They don't want anyone to touch them. And it's like, it's this, it's It's this like protective mechanism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Also, I see like their hair will start to fall out because again, it's an energy issue when you're not giving your body enough energy. It's not going to put energy towards hair, like growing your hair, your skin, your nails, those kinds of things. That is a very energy intensive process. Mm-hmm. Um, also, again, they'll get gut issues. They'll get bloated. They won't be able to go to the bathroom because all of these systems are starting to slow down. So again, the, the, the biggest symptoms I see are, again, painful periods, PMS symptoms, like you'll get like sore breasts before your period. You'll get moody. You'll get cravings. You'll be ravenous for food. You'll be exhausted all of the time. Can't sleep at night is a big one. Or they wake up at 3 a.m. constantly. Cravings aren't normal? Like, no one should have any cravings? Is that always, like, a negative? I mean, I never look at anything as a negative. It gives you information. Mm -hmm. So cravings are a way that your body communicates something to you. Mm -hmm. So people who have sugar cravings, that's usually because, again, they're not balancing their blood sugar enough, and they're probably not eating enough carbohydrates and probably on a low-carb diet. Um, When your body isn't getting what it needs, it's going to tell you what it needs in terms of symptoms. So cravings are a really good way that, again, your body's telling you it needs something. So most likely when you go on like a low carb diet, you cut carbs, you're going to start to crave carbs and sugar because you're not getting enough of that nutrient. And it is an essential nutrient. Your body needs glucose. 
I don't care what keto people say, <laughs> like your body needs glucose so much that when you don't give it glucose, it will actually manufacture glucose itself. And that process is extremely stressful. It's a backup system. Mm-hmm. And what it, how it does this is it breaks down your own muscle tissue, converts that into glucose in the liver. And during that process, it's going to elevate stress hormones like cortisol. So again, this is like a backup system when your body's not getting sugar. That's how essential sugar is. But context matters, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean go eat copious amounts of sugar. It means like learn how much sugar your body actually needs. Um, And listen to it. If you're getting cravings for like sweets or like salty things, you know, obviously you probably need some more sodium. If you crave, some people even crave meat or crave like dark chocolate. Like Mm -hmm. you need some iron, some B vitamins. Totally. Um, Your body's always telling you. Yeah, you just have to listen to it listen to what it's telling you. A lot of people don't even know what carbs are actually. Right. So let's give some information about like carbs 101 because I think that's pretty value added. Yeah. So I think it's like, what are you talking about? Fruit or are we talking about chips? Right. Because like those are both carbs, but they're two totally different sources of carbohydrates. Fruit is going to come with nutrients on top of it. So it's going to be a nutrient dense carb. And then chips obviously like you can have them but there's just not nutrients with them obviously so it's not good or bad it's just like okay balance them Mm -hmm. right in terms of carbs and I think that carbs are energy carbs are like your body's easiest source of energy yeah and again you can live without them but it's come it comes at a cost with carbs I think yeah the scariest thing is that people think carbs mean I'm going to gain weight And that's just not the case. Unless you are eating copious amounts of carbs, right? Like process. Context matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're doing it in a like safe and structured way and you know what you're putting in your body, then you're not going to gain weight. But yeah, I think the biggest misconception with carbs is that people think that carbs are going to make them gain weight. Yeah. Just period. And I'm not sure where that started. Was that like in the 80s or something? Yeah, well, there was like a big push for this low-carb diet and people, Mm -hmm. you know, would start eating a bunch of salads and just like butter lettuce and just like, you know, four almonds and that be like, you know. (laughs) That's the trend on TikTok, my four almond mom giving me diet advice. (laughs) Right. So funny. Um, But the push for these like Mm -hmm. low-carb, high-volume foods Mm -hmm. to like, you know, try and fill you up, but eating low calories at the same time. Right. And again, what that does is over time is going to suppress your metabolism and make it harder and harder for you to lose weight, to have a regulated cycle, Mm -hmm. um, and to have good digestion. Oh my gosh. So hopefully you're enjoying the podcast so far. I love that she's connecting everything to digestion here. And I just wanted to pop in and let you guys know about the best things that I've done for my digestion in the last year definitely were resetting my nervous system, but also incorporating digestive bitters before and after I eat and incorporating a high quality probiotic. So I love using seed probiotics. It's basically a symbiotic, it's a prebiotic and a probiotic. And they even have the person who coined the term probiotic on their founding team. So it's very clinically backed. They have a lot of diverse, inclusive studies with all types of different individuals who use the probiotics. So I just really like what they're doing in the space. And they are based here in Venice, which is very cool. 
And for someone in the digestion space for over the past 10 years, I just feel like I finally found solutions for my pain points within digestive discomfort in general. And it's just been really great to try out Seed. I've been on their probiotic or symbiotic for the last year, and my bowel movements have never been better. But honestly, it's not just about bowels. It's about the gut-brain axis. It's about the mind. My mind is doing so well these days. So if the seed symbiotic sounds like something you'd be interested in incorporating into your daily routine as your probiotic supplement, I highly recommend it. And this is one of the one products that I can definitely back as an ad because I actually had to do a microbiome university training with seed just to be able to talk about seed, to be confident about seed and believe and understand the science around it. So I just really, really am all about it. And if you're interested in trying out the product, head over to my Instagram, Avon Heavenly Health. The link in the bio will take you straight to Seed Symbiotics so you can get started today. So let's get back to the episode and see what else Becca has to say about carbs. I ate very low carb. And during that time, you know, that was when I was struggling the most. Yeah. It wasn't until I added carbs back in that I actually felt better. And you were happier, right? Yeah. Balanced moods. <laughs> yeah, I actually felt better. I had, I had, I mean, the first thing that usually comes back is your energy. Mm -hmm. right because carbs are a really easy source of energy and it doesn't again context matters don't just go eat like copious amounts of like dense carbs if your body's not used to it you have to go slow mm -hmm. and this is what I find with a lot of my clients that like their metabolism is really slow and they're they're really struggling for energy but also it's really hard for them to absorb the energy from their food and so I do it in a specific way where like okay let's focus on carbs that are really easy to digest like fruits even cooked fruits like cooking like apples and peaches and yeah. just making things easier to break down. Mm -hmm. um, even juices. Like I know there's this like big fear around like juice has too much sugar in it. Yeah. And it's so accessible though. Like, right. Quickly. It's like, yes, it's a super easy to digest source of energy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And then what do you think about the no fiber in the juice? You're saying it's still going to be okay to like bounce your blood sugar and get the carbon. Yeah, I mean, energy. I think context matters, right? Like you, you ideally would want to pair the juice with some protein to keep blood sugar stable, right? If you just, again, again, it's going to depend on the person. If you have blood sugar issues, like I would definitely recommend always pairing a protein carb and a little bit of fat together to keep that blood sugar stable. Yeah. Um, but sometimes juice isn't enough to like completely throw someone's blood sugar off it's just gonna again depend on the person depend on how much they're drinking or eating and mm -hmm. how often they're eating yeah like throughout the day true and whatnot so um yeah I'll usually like if you're gonna have some juice like super simple solution is just put some collagen powder in it mm. or put some protein powder in it or something or have some greek yogurt with it or a piece of cheese or something nice um that's you a know. good easy tip people can use for sure yeah so I'm thinking of a simple carb versus a complex carb. That's basically what we're trying to get people to understand and be clear about here. Because um, there could be anti-nutrients or just lack of nutrients in like a Twinkie or, you know, something like right. that. Right, so it, it just comes down to Maybe like... Maybe a simpler carb. But we want the complex, like really nutrient-dense type of carbs, right? Yeah, so like things like fruits and root vegetables and some juices or maybe like some raw honey. Mm -hmm. Like there are carbs. You have to think about like, okay, how easy is like, does this food grow from the ground? Yes. Okay. It probably has nutrients in it. Okay. Then that's probably the better source of carbohydrates. 
yeah. right? Like, yeah. obviously, it doesn't mean that you can't have the Twinkie. Like, have the Twinkie if you want the Twinkie. Mm-hmm. But if you balance your blood sugar throughout the day, you're probably not going to eat five Twinkies. Yeah. You might just want, like, a bite. Totally. And there's something there to say as well, because in the wellness space, it can sound so restrictive, like, that's good, that's bad. But I there's something I do want to talk about within the whole podcast series moving forward is like food security, access to health and wellness, access to food in general. Mm-hmm. We're actually in a food crisis in America. A lot of people can't choose between a simple carb or a complex carb. They're just like, I just need to eat in general mm-hmm. right now. So that's something I always tell people. Whatever you can do to balance the blood sugar, I just want you to eat. It doesn't matter if it's from Air One or Whole Foods right now. Like, please just get access to something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it it, it takes it takes some planning. It takes some education around, like, okay, what does it look like to actually put together a day of eating? And this is what I do with all my clients. This is, like, the very first thing I do is I say, like, okay, let's put together a full day of eating for you as an example. Mm-hmm. It's not like a meal plan. But it's like, let's show you how to actually put together your meals That's nice. so that yeah. you actually know how to do this. Help them balance their plate. And yeah. Like and I'm like, okay, you need to be eating every three to four hours. Mm-hmm. And so what, this is what that looks like. So let's tip for the audience. What does a balanced plate look like? Yeah. So you're always going to want to make sure you have a protein carb. And the fat will usually come either with the protein or with whatever cooking oil you use. Or you can add a little bit of fat if you want also. Mm-hmm. But like, for example... Let's take breakfast, right? So for breakfast, I'll usually do two eggs. That's my protein. I'll do a little bit of cottage cheese also to up the protein. Um, Which is about how much protein? um, It's about 25 grams of protein usually. Mm -hmm. I do recommend breakfast being a higher protein meal because it is that first meal of the day. Um, So 25 to 30 grams of protein with breakfast. And then again, you want to balance that. I usually like to... Um, recommend at least a two to one ratio protein to carbs. So if you're going to do 25 grams of protein, around 50 grams of carbs. Some For some people, that's too much. And again, it first has to do, you have to first look at where you're currently at. So that's the first thing I do before I even see clients is I make them write down, you know, just what they're currently eating. Um, just so, because if we just start without any information, we could be pulling you too much in one direction or the other. And that's stressful, right? An extreme on either direction is going to be too stressful. So I say like, first get curious. It's not about restricting. It's not about like counting calories and trying to like eat less. It's about like just bringing awareness to what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. And it's super valuable information that I think, you know, some people do really well with it and some people it's not the right step yet. Mm-hmm. So it just, it depends on the person, but it's super valuable to first know where you're at and then slowly start to create goals. Um, because again, the body does really well with slow incremental steps. If you, if you take a stressed body and you change ex- to extremes, it's going to stress out, right? It's going to put you in a more stressed state shock because yeah, you can't just shock the system. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work. You have to go slow. Interesting. That is pretty much what I'm always telling people in my practice with um, working at Owl Venice. A lot of people want to jump into the reset that we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, you got to prepare the body, wean into something like this. Yeah. Um, we have an approved food list as well. And it's pretty much just anti-inflammatory foods, like soft whole foods, greens, whole f- cooked foods, yeah. cooked, you know, so it's easy to digest and break down. And then um, 
just like lean proteins and a little bit of fat. And people are surprised when we show them the approved food list, like please nourish yourselves, please slowly start um, taking your perspective away from processed foods and alcohol and sugar and just focusing on wholesome, whole foods and nutrition. Yeah. And getting into that for a few days, maybe even a week or two, preparing to do something like the Al Reset. So right. just trying to get people, because um, a lot of our clients are going to be listening to this and I want them to just continue to drive that home of just slowly leaning into a consistent routine with your body and not constantly shocking the system. Like intermittent fasting can be shocking. You just start it all of a sudden. So right. can CrossFit. So can just all these different things that we just pick up. So it's really good to just, you know, get that kind of like in fitness, they say, you know, functional mobility. Let's learn the basics before right. we jump into like a big program, you know, little by little baby steps. Yeah. And then it's results. sustainable. Right? Mm-hmm. Like when you pick the lowest hanging fruit mm-hmm. to change, you're more likely to do it than if you like the all or nothing mindset doesn't work. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> you will fall off. I don't yes. care if it takes two years, three years, six years, like it doesn't it doesn't work to try and be a hundred percent and yeah. just switch. It doesn't really work with anything in no. life <laughs> with the all or nothing thing. I like going all in and committing to something. Yeah, there's but, a difference. Yeah. Which there's is a difference. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's also a little bit of like hustle culture as well. How can totally. I get the quickest results with like the least effort? Right. We don't want to put I, in time. Yeah. We want it now. Yeah. We don't want it to take and when I when, like people people will always ask me, okay, how long is this gonna take? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like <laughs> I'm giving them this look like Right. How long is it take? How long did it take you to get to this place? Yes. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it's going to take you to get out? Exactly. Right. You will start to feel better. Yeah. Like three, six, twelve months mm-hmm. are like usually the markers. Like your hormones run on three month cycles, so it'll take you at least three, like minimum three months. But it depends on how bad your health is right now. Yeah. And like staying the course as well. And how consistent you are, yeah. Consistency, for sure. Yeah, a lot of people come to us and they really want to know how to lose five pounds or ten pounds, but there's so many underlying factors. Right, it's like, okay, what what happens when you lose the five or ten pounds? Yeah, and then more things are going to come to the surface. Or can you lose the five or ten pounds right now? Will your body let you? Or should you? Because when you lose weight quickly, you're releasing toxins in the bloodstream, and even that. I don't hear is even safe to try to lose weight all at once really quickly. Right. I tell people two pounds at a time. You can focus on one pound if you want, if that's something that, you know, is a part of your goals. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't go all in with trying to radically transform your life overnight. You well, yeah, what it usually happens when that, the, what what, they're, what people are usually doing when they want quick changes, again, they're eating less and they're exercising like crazy. Mm-hmm. And over time, that is very stressful on the system. Yeah. So it will work initially, 100%. But at what cost? At what? And the cost is hormone imbalance. <laughs> Gut, Gut issues. Imbalance. Sleep issues. <laughs> yeah. Feeling anxious all the time. Imbalanced moods. And yeah. then that ripple effects into your family. Your kids feel it. Your husband feels it. Just everyone is affected. Yeah. You know? So. I can't even tell you how many women I work with that are like, I'm yelling at my husband. I'm snapping. I don't want him to touch me. I like am Low not patient with my kids. Yeah, yeah, I never. I don't have a sex drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this like endless cycle. Yeah, it's fascinating too because when like a woman's body is burnt out, we naturally we're creators. You know, mm-hmm. we create life. But in the same sense, in life, 
having creativity, passion, purpose, being able to, you know, be in that nurturing, like soft space where you can rest and feel safe and all of those things. You just don't feel that when all of your hormones are out of whack and your gut is messed up and you're in fight or flight mode all the time. Right. Again, like that hustle culture. Yeah. So this whole thing is really about just like resetting, just completely resetting. I always talk about nervous system reset resetting your mind and then resetting the physical with like the physical things you do within your health routines. Yeah. It totally takes a lot of mindset work. Mm -hmm. Like I think that is one of the, the brain gut connection is huge. Yeah. The gut brain axis. Yeah. It's, it's it's (laughs) like crazy. Like Mm -hmm. you, you could like, you can't cure your gut with your mind, but you can't do it without that piece. Yeah. It's like a dance. They both play like super interconnected. And I do have clients who deal with like major anxiety and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that will definitely be a dedicated episode where we, there's nutritional psychiatry. There's like so many areas of the fields where it's right. like, it's, let's work on the gut to help heal the mind. Yeah. You know? So that's where we'll end this episode today. Thank you for joining us on this journey through understanding the connections between gut and hormone and metabolism and then lifestyle factors that affect all of these things and what we can actually do about these things Mm -hmm. to bring them into balance. So why don't you let us know what type of offerings do you have if people want to learn more and work with you? Yeah, so I do do one-on-one coaching. I have a six-month coaching program that I do with all my clients to help them balance their hormones and restore their gut function and really get their metabolism back to functioning optimally again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have a mini course that's self-paced and um, I'm working on a couple like gut projects that I'm about to release. I get a lot of people that ask me about, you know, what can I do for my gut? So I'm actually putting together a recipe guide and a little bit of educational information on gut health and whatnot. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my project right now I'm working on. Ooh. So cool. You have a lot of really great offerings. Thank just, you. Like, excited that they exist in the world and <laughs> people can download easily. I know you have um, a stand store uh-huh. on your Instagram and your TikTok. So yeah. I post a lot of like just free information and tips that you can also start following totally. on my TikTok. Yeah. Um, I get people that will comment on my TikTok saying like, I feel so much better. I've been following your tips or yeah. people that say like, I lost weight using your tips and I'm not even focusing on weight loss. Literally. So oh my gosh. Amazing yeah. what balance does. You guys, her page is so just value added with like, just call like high mileage content. No, it's like, no, she goes in there and like, under, you, you understand the science after listening to her content. So mm-hmm. make sure to follow her and she tell us like your two platforms, what the names are. I think they're different. Yeah. So on TikTok, I'm at nourished with Becca and on Instagram, I'm at Becca B Brown. So yeah, awesome. you can follow me anywhere. So cool. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. This was so fun. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you on a part two of this episode. Yeah. Clearly there's so much. We're going to keep going. Yeah. So definitely listen to the next episode. We're going to dive into some more topics on nutrition, fitness, cycle syncing, and add in a little bit of the weight loss components that people are like curious about, even though that's not what Becca focuses on but it definitely is a byproduct of getting your whole life in balance with hormones and gut so let's talk about that in the next episode plus a big bonus from becca after recording this podcast i realized she just had so many more amazing topics to share so we have bonus episodes coming with her birth control story as well as her information on internal stress factors that cause hormone and gut imbalances stay tuned and of course 
definitely subscribe to this podcast. I have a lot of exciting guests lined up through the next year. So stay with me and remember to create your own version of Heavenly Outlaw.